Hi friends, welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher. Welcome to the Trauma Tapes. Happy Tuesday. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Coming down um, from Thanksgiving and stuffing and mashed potatoes and all the things. Thanksgiving food is stupid. Like, why isn't anyone talking about this? You know what? I think I say this every year, but <laughs> I'm not going to make a turkey anymore because <laughs> it's not good and I don't like it. It's not good. Nobody likes turkey. It's just like, I, I don't know why I have to like tattoo that somewhere. So I remember, but yeah. um, like I'll I remind a you. great roast chicken recipe. I'm going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and I do like stuffing. I enjoy stuffing so I can make that. That's easy. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm done. Yep. I'm done. Yep. It's pressure. It's big. It smells funny. It's like too much work. It's dry. It's like, yeah. it's only good if you have a bunch of gravy on it. So you can put gravy on anything. I know. But even then, like, I just, I was looking at all these pictures on social media of these, like these meals, like it's like seven days of food. I know that grosses me out. The, the, the quantity of it. It's just like, why do you need 47? Like we don't eat like that normally, you know, <laughs> I, know I know like four side dishes, like Seriously, you have four side dishes. Every single thing you own is on the table. And like, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. There's something like grotesque about it that I noticed this year. Yeah. Cause it's all bland food. It's not food we eat normally. It's not like a celebration of like, you know, American cuisine or something like that. It's just like, let's find the blandest, weirdest shit that we only <laughs> eat ever once a year and like right. do it all at the same time until we're sick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Although pumpkin pie is health food. I've, I've decided. You've determined <laughs> just, that? Yep. I, I'm not a fan of pumpkin pie. Oh, I love it. I like pecan pie. I don't think I've ever had that. What? Yeah. It's so good. I don't think I've ever had that. Although I think it's made with that like syrup. It's like that caro syrup. Oh yeah. Like God knows what. <laughs> sugar, pure sugar straight to your arteries. Yeah. But like genetically like modify. I don't know. Oh, good point. I, I didn't even think about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like Crisco. Remember mom used to like always have Crisco? What's oh Crisco? God. You can cut like in all of the recipes she has where, she, where it's like use an entire tub of Crisco. You can use butter and cut it by like six. Right. Like right. what are, were you doing? <laughs> but that's what like people did, you know? Oh, totally. And Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, and it's Hanukkah right now, I think. It's Hanukkah right now. It's this, uh, I think yesterday was the second night. Rolling right into it. I know it's crazy. It's um, yeah, I can't really believe it's December. Although, you know, it's been kind of annoying me. I was um, listening to, do you ever listen to love letters, that podcast? Love letters? No. It's um, from the Boston globe. It's Meredith Goldstein's advice. Oh, yeah. Column. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, she had somebody on, I was just listening this morning cause it came up in my queue. I love that podcast, but she was talking about this year and they kept referring to 2021 as the lost year. Mm. And I was like, what, like, can we not? That's not a good way to frame it up. Right. Like these years have been different for sure. And like jarring and complicated and we've learned a lot and it's been, you know, whatever, but what does that even mean? Yeah. You can't like erase a whole year or categorize it like that. That's not right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't remember why I started talking about that, but the last year. Oh, just the fact that already. 
Yeah. That time has gone by so fast. It's crazy. Okay. Um, well, we have another holiday. Holiday letter. <laughs> yeah. Holiday angst. Oh, you ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, dear trauma tapes all this week, I've been hearing about how hard the holidays are for everybody, usually because they have to deal with family members that they don't like, don't agree with politically, aren't growing at the same rate as, or whatever. Every email is devoted to this, every advice column, seemingly everything. How do you deal with your family when you don't like them and you have to be in the same space? I'm writing because I have the opposite problem. It's kind of a long story, as most are, but the gist of it is that my life didn't really work out. I'm in my 50s. I gave up most of my young life for marriage and kids, but the marriage was loveless. I had an affair, which I'm still ashamed about, but it was a means to an end. It got me out. The problem is it got me out of everything. I'm not the type that anyone would ever assume would have an affair, so my family was shocked. Rightfully so, I guess. My husband left, my kids don't speak to me, and I had long ago given up my own family to meld with his when we got married. I wish I had some family members that I could sit with at the dinner table or play games with around the fire, even if we don't agree about politics or COVID or anything. Thanksgiving is over, but now comes Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, all the rest. I love being alone, don't get me wrong. And my life has not provided me enough opportunities to be alone, to be honest. But I am lonely now in this way that feels like it might swallow me whole. I know that I deserve this, but that's not really the question. The question is how, how do I do this? How do I get through the next few months when all that I have is no one? I know this isn't exactly a trauma story per se, but I feel traumatized by it. Can you help? Signed, Oh So Lonely. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? Sad. It's sad and it is a trauma story and it's, um, it's loss. It's just mm -hmm. a different mm -hmm. kind of loss, you know, that mm -hmm. might be a little bit harder to um, understand or make peace with or integrate mm -hmm. it's loss and that's traumatic. And it, it also sounds like there's a lot of shame. Yeah. You know, also this letter, I mean, we're, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff you don't want to hear. So <laughs> no, the letter writer. Okay. But I think that it's true. Um, this letter is dripping with resentment. It's not just shame. Oh. And you got to figure out a way to like get that out and get it somewhere because it's getting in your way. I mean, I just, I find it really striking. This, you, you don't have a lot of control over stuff that happens in your life. You do have control of the story you tell yourself about what happens in your life. Mm -hmm. And this letter started out with my life didn't work out. As long as you believe your life didn't work out, your life isn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. Right. She said she's in her like fifties, fifties. Yeah. Okay. So like your life is not over. Right. It's the middle. Right. And there's a lot here that I think is tricking you. And I think like to be, to be kinder about it, I find that the holiday season is the time for me that like my, 
my, the like hallways of my mind get trickiest. Oh, I love that phrase. Do you, I just may, <laughs> I'm talking That's about, good. but do you know what I mean? Like I, like all of a sudden what seemed like a normal house is suddenly like all creepy and like, you know, but my thoughts get really dark. I feel like I get dipped in sort of negativity. I think a lot of people feel this way. I don't know what it is about the holidays. If it's the, the darkness, the end of the year, the shadow side of all of the rest, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that this is lies. Like I, I, what is actually true in this story? My life didn't work out, not buying it. Right. Do I, I want family to sit with? Actually, I'm not buying it. I deserve this. I'm not buying it. Okay. Right. Like, <laughs> am I being too harsh? No, no, I think it's good. I think keep going. I think like the one true thing that, that she said, or the one thing that resonated as true to me was this, I had an affair. I have regrets about it, but it got me out. Right. Right. And so when you're in this weird holiday season, you reflect in ways that are not true. And sometimes that tricks you into thinking that you want what, what you had because it was the last comfortable thing. Yeah. But she said it was loveless and no, one exactly. Is, and is, has to stay in a loveless situation. I mean, what that, what a loveless situation does to you every single day is oh. completely eats at your soul and your heart and who you are and what you put out in the world. Yeah. Well said. Exactly. Nobody no, And I just don't believe that people are out here like having affairs and kind of ruining their lives just for like fucking shits and giggles. Like if you've, done something regrettable, there was probably a really good reason, especially if it was something really out of character, right? which does not let you off the hook, right? Like, but you have to accept the truth of the situation before you can get to actual responsibility, which does not look like this, right? This is like marinating in shame for sport. Stop. You made a mistake. Like Kristen Neff was on hidden brain. Do you ever listen to that podcast? Mm Mm-mm. I think I've probably said this every week since it, since I listened to it. I don't remember. It was maybe like a month or two ago. She was on hidden brain. She's the, um, one of the founders of self, the kind of radical self-compassion movement. Mm-hmm. Um, she works often with Tara Brack and, um, Christopher Germer and all these people. And she, um, she talked in hidden brain about her own experience into self-compassion work, which is that she had an affair with a colleague during her own loveless marriage. And then everyone found out about it and it was a complete disaster. And she talks about like coming to compassion through acceptance instead of shame. Shame will get you nowhere. It's a non-starter. Right. And she was like, okay, why did I do this? This was a terrible thing I did. I'm ashamed. Why did I do it? Right. To get to the answer to the question, you have to let go of the corrosive shame that just tells you because you were bad. Right. You know, you had an affair and you know the story, right? Like she said, I was in a loveless marriage. I had an affair. It was the catalyst to get you out. Okay. Yeah. So now you're out. And listen, like, I don't mean to sound like a complete jerk. I completely get that feeling. Like, I I hope that that's clear because I, I think we find ourselves in these situations and these moments like this make us look back and think like, oh shit, what have I done? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But just because you're having that feeling doesn't mean you want that old life back. Right. It just means you're lonely. Right. Or you're not comfortable in the current moment. Right. 
which is completely surmountable. It's painful, but it's completely surmountable. I think you know? we spend so much time like wishing things away. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when I look back at certain points of my life, I wish that I, ha- I don't, I mean, I don't have regrets really, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I wish that I didn't spend time wishing things away. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, do you have an example? Or? Well, you know, I, because I, you know, found a partner later in life, you know, for most people, like I spent a lot of years thinking, oh, I don't have that. So I'm not complete. I'm not, right. I need to have that in order to be, you know, happy. And I wish that I had enjoyed those moments because I was, I did have a lot then, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't that I just had this one missing piece and mm-hmm. that I became complete when I, when I got it, you know, right. Does that make any sense? Like I, I totally, I, I wish I didn't spend time thinking, oh, mm-hmm. if life were different, I would feel better. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think it's really easy to do that. And it's always a lie. Right. Like it's, yeah. Well, it prevents you from being in the moment. It prevents you from like feeling and it's, it's not necessarily bad feelings in the moment. It's just like sitting there like, okay, this is recognizing yeah. your situation for what it is and right. how you got there and the good of it too. A thousand percent. Like, I think the lie is there's a truth and a lie in, in any of these statements. And the one, the example that you just gave, the truth is like, I don't have that right now. Right. I'm this, whatever age, I don't have a partner. That's true. Like, we're not trying to bypass that. It's that the lie is that I will be whole when, right. You know, like I, I will be real when I will be happy when it's just because when you get to the, when you realize that that's a situation that also has multitudes in it, where you are happy and miss this other part, even though it seems irrational and this is what you wanted and wish you had this instead and blah, 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 you know? That's right. just what humans do. That's how our brains work. And by by the mindset of I would be happy when you don't, you're not open to appreciating what you do have in right. that moment. Right. Like, hey, I have a nice life. I have a mm-hmm. home that I enjoy. I have mm-hmm. made some friends this past year. I yeah. have whatever it might be. I have a yeah. dog. I have it, it, whatever. Right. It it kind of shuts that part down, if that makes yes. any sense of yeah. being able to appreciate where you are. Right. You know, totally to connect back to this random thing that I was saying about that Meredith Goldstein podcast and this idea of a lost year, like why tell yourself that story right. on top of all the pain you just lived through? Why be like, Oh, this was the, the last year. Oh, I can never get that back. And then you tell yourself that story for 27 years and build in all of this, this fantasy of what you could have done if it wasn't a lost year. And then you'd have this and you'd be this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, what? Stop. Like right. <laughs> stop telling yeah. yourself these sad tales and just live the sadness for a minute. And then, and then. Well, focus on other things, you know, the lost year concept. I often think, you know, in, in these COVID times that we're in, what about the people that are, you know, nearing the end of their lives mm-hmm. and are literally running out of time, mm-hmm. you know, which sounds morbid, but, you know, the parents and grandparents, you know, you can't, mm-hmm. they can't be thinking of this as lost years, right? Because right. they don't have that many years left, right? But how were they able to connect 
in light of current, right. Current situation. Cause right. you can still do those things. Right. You know what I mean? A thousand percent. And also like there's lots of progress these years. There's lots of realization, personal and global. There's lots of enlightenment. There's lots of progress. Like, right. To stop telling yourself the flat, sad story. Like right. I just pictured like a whole like kid's book called like the flat sads, where it's like, when you tell yourself one story, you're a one-dimensional thing and no story is one-dimensional. Yeah. You know? I think the thing that really like kind of maybe set me off about this letter is that I know I deserve this. Don't swallow that. We have all made mistakes. We have all done regrettable things. Yep. You know, you cannot sit in, I deserve this. No, it's like, you deserve to be at peace. You deserve yeah. to be, yep. to define what happiness means to you now. Yeah. Yeah. I always talk about this movie, but have you seen Defending Your Life? You've talked about it. What is it? It's with Meryl Streep and um, oh, yeah, yeah. Al- Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're at the end of their, their, their life and it's like limbo basically. And they, um, they have to explain themselves. And the idea is not, did you like, were you perfect? And did you not make any mistakes? But can you account for what happened? Like, right. did you learn, you know? Right. And it's, I think that's the question we should be asking ourselves um, more often is like, okay, like, yes, you made a mistake, like accept that. Right. What did you learn? I don't see any of that here. Right. Except the affair got me out. Right. I, I also think it's not to criticize the letter writer, but why did you, why did you walk away from your family of origin in order to be in this mm-hmm. marriage? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. I don't know. And and we don't have the details. We don't, we don't know the reason there could be, you know, wh- whatever. We don't know the backstory, but um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so to kind of put this into like, what, what can you actually do? Can you actually help? Um, I mean, I think going back to those two stories that you left your family, you know, your family of origin, and then also that you you had this affair try to lay those out in a less judgmental way. Right. And ask yourself the question as you just did without judgment, like, why did you leave your family of origin? Is there anything recoverable there? Right. Is there something you can return to? Can you give an account of what happened? Can you go to your family of origin and, and say, um, here's what happened and here's what I'd like to do about it. Or, Like, was there, were you needing to get out of your family of origin anyway? And the marriage provided you an opportunity to do so. And so can you let yourself off the hook for that too? Are you telling yourself another shame story? You know what I mean? And then I think the next thing is to think about really how to like counter these narratives, right? When they come up, they need a counterbalance. So when you're sitting at, at home and when you're alone and it's the holidays and your thoughts try to start to get the turn into the Grinch, you know, um, what can you, do you really want family? Do you really want to go and sit with those, that, with those family members? Do you really like, right. And is there anyone else you could sit with? Did you learn anything in the affair or in the aftermath about people that you do want to surround yourself with about hobbies that you're interested in about things you didn't pursue in your life? Again, like 
this scope of being, you know, mid fifties and thinking your life is over is ridiculous. Yeah. I was also thinking when I read it, like, you know, if you, if what's most important to you is to not spend Thanksgiving day alone or Christmas mm-hmm. day alone or Valentine's day alone, make a plan to go volunteer somewhere yes, on yes. those days. I love you know? that. Yeah. So you have something on the calendar, something yep. to do. Mm-hmm you know, or say to yourself, maybe, you know, this year is not enough notice, write down the intention of Mm -hmm. next Thanksgiving, I'm going to spend it with a friend, you know, or I'm going to be around people, make it more general. And then you will work towards that if that's what's most important to you. Yeah. Or go to a country where there's not Thanksgiving, go to, you know what I mean? Like take a vacation, go, go somewhere where, I mean, you can't really do that right now, but like next year you could travel, you could plan that out in advance so that you're not, it's, it's kind of like, you don't even have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, take the time say, you know, I'm, my favorite food is, you know, chocolate cake. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to get chocolate cake and Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch my three favorite movies and I'm going to pretend it's not Thanksgiving. Yep. Done that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I did that this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to pretend it's not, I mean, do whatever the hurdle is just getting through these couple of days, then make a plan for it. Right. Right. Anticipate it. Yeah. I love the idea of volunteering because as you know, cause we talk about it all the time, doing kind things for other people is the, the fastest route to flipping on the hope circuit, which flips off the fear circuit, the anxiety threat circuit. Yeah. And so, um, and I think by the way, you know, for what it's worth, I think that these, these socially driven holidays, when we can't participate them, can't participate in them, our brain is seeing that as we are in the out group. And so that is threatening to your brain. So you're feeling bad because your brain thinks you're in danger. Mm -hmm. So then how can you walk that back? What can you do for yourself, for your nervous system to get yourself to, to calm and being able to volunteer for you know, an animal shelter for people, for a food bank, you know, for a homeless shelter, anything. Right. Um, will, will be a quick route to that. The other thing you can do is spend some time and really force yourself. If you're going to be in this space of reflection, reflect on the positive things who was in your life, who did support you rather than say, and even if that was one person, right, there was someone in your life who was supporting you. Um, can you reflect, take some time and reflect on that, write them a, a thank you note and send it mm-hmm. these tiny little things you can do to counterbalance the negative rather than try to kind of thwart it, I think are, are much more possible. Yeah. I love that. That's a good idea. I had another idea, but it just slipped my mind. Um, don't be alone if you can't right? Um, and I would really spend some time the next like six months really trying to walk back all these false stories because they're just stories. Right. You can take the facts and and render them in a completely different way that accepts that, like I think with the self-compassion stuff, people are afraid that they're gonna like accidentally not take responsibility if they if they try to have compassion about something. You don't need to like hold vigil to this shame for the affair. You yeah. can accept that you made a mistake and understand why and take responsibility and have some compassion for yourself. Yeah. I think anyone who's in this state that they're, that they feel this way and they're saying this thing, these things, and this is the story they're telling themselves, mm-hmm. there is no chance in hell that you're not going to take responsibility, that you're going to take a pass oh, yeah. on that. 
right. all of a sudden be like, oh, fuck it. I was just living my life and that's it. Right. You're, you're already in the place where you have heaped yeah. on the taking responsibility for it. Yeah. So there, yeah. there's no fear of that. Right. Yeah. Let go of that. That's a great point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're not in danger of that. Totally. Right. Yeah. But be kind to yourself. Yeah. And I just like, again, I just keep coming back. I keep resonating with this. The story is bullshit. Well, sitting. Yeah. The story she's telling herself now is bullshit. Right. right. My life is over. My life didn't work out. No, you made choices. Right. Would you make those same choices again? Maybe not. That's okay. Right. You know, that's part of the human project. That's again, like going back, I don't know why I'm stuck on this last year. Those, those years where you were in that marriage aren't lost. Right. So try to find what, what, what happened there? What was fruitful? It's integration, right? I mean, it's totally, there is no before and after there's no, I'm going to take these three chapters out of my life. Right. Right. It's, this is your story. And it's, yep. You can't beat yourself up for that. Yep. And I would find some stories of people who, who were in the same boat. Yeah. Who you can feel compassion for, because if you can't feel compassion for yourself, you can feel it for other people. Yeah. That is such a powerful thing. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, that can be, even if she finds that Kristen Neff Mm -hmm. podcast, hearing someone Mm -hmm. who has a similar situation can just be so life-giving. Yep. Yep. Totally. Cheryl Strayed wrote a beautiful essay. I think it's called The Love of My Life. That was like a beautiful long form essay about the first time she cheated on her husband. Yeah. And it's like fearless. Like she just goes into it and she's like, she starts with acceptance. Like the first sentence is like the first time I cheated on my husband X. And then she explains it. There's a, um, I'm looking for it. There was a Brene Brown quote that I saw. Um, I don't know what it is, but it, it was something like someday you'll share your story and it will become someone else's lifeline. Something oh man. Like yeah. I just powerful. got goosebumps. I love that. You know, so to be able to, um, Oh, here. One day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be someone else's survival guide. Right. Yeah. I know. I love that. And these, you know, we're, we, I was thinking about podcasts the other day because it's just so fabulous to be able to like tap mm-hmm. into all these different oh my God, I know. people and thoughts and creative geniuses and the things mm-hmm. they're saying and they're putting out in the world. Like yeah. I often updating uh, myself lament that, you know, the, the not having the Oprah show at four o'clock. Oh, I know. You know, cause you felt like you kind of learned something. Well, oh, now totally. you learn something like, you know, all day, any day. And it's, yeah. you know, it's exciting. So. I think that's really great advice. Like look for a story similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That will probably be incredible. That could be very healing for you. Yeah. 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 Totally. You know, and I'd still miss the Oprah show at 4 PM though. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was the perfect time in the afternoon too. You know, it was the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to like, of, Oh, go ahead. I always think of, um, you know, a breakthrough moment that dad had, like when we saw Goodwill Hunting, which is mm. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. And um, Matt Damon is in the you know, therapy session with Robin Williams. And 
he finally, Matt Damon gets to a point where he finally recognizes how traumatic the abuse was mm-hmm. in his life. And Robin Williams hugs him and says, it's not your fault. It's not mm-hmm. your fault. It's not your fault. And that, that broke dad like wide open. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That was like a, like he, through art, through a movie, through mm-hmm. someone else's story, right, like the right. Brene Brown thing, he was able, it resonated with him and he was able to recognize what had happened in his own life. And um, yeah, you didn't know that? No. Oh God. Sorry. No, that's okay. It's, I wish I knew more of like dad's story. There's no one to tell it. I know. He kept it under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that is such a beautiful, cause it's forgiveness. Like it's, it's recognition. It's for, it's forgiveness. It's um, acceptance, self-compassion. You're like, not alone. Right. People have done that. People have walked in the, you know, right. In the wrong phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, I mean, it's the Brian Stevenson thing. Like we are all better than the worst thing we've ever done. We deserve yeah. more than that. Like oh, it's, yeah. we, we, we all fuck up. That's part of human nature. Yeah. And that's, you know, that does not render your life unworthy. Right. And you don't deserve pain and loneliness because of that. And I think like when, again, like this, the tricky thing about the shame thing is that when you're in that space, you end up like you can't get any forward motion. So you kind of end up creating the circumstances that you need the least. Yeah. Right. So what would your life look like if you believed you actually deserved to not be like lonely and sad on the, on the holidays? Right. That you're not being punished. Right. Cause as long as you believe that you're going to keep drawing those circumstances to you, you know, exactly. It's to circle. To say. It's, it's hard when you're in it. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And to circle back to compassion. Like I, I feel like I've been too harsh. Like no. I get it. I think these stories are really compelling and they're very compelling in, in vulnerable times. And the holidays are vulnerable times for most of us, you know, for different reasons. And, you know, part of the letter, she said like something about, I don't think this is trauma, but she's got overwhelming emotional experience, unbearable emotional experience. And she has no relational home. Like that is the definition of trauma. Yeah. And so, yes, it's a trauma story. And, and we, you know, I feel a lot of compassion. It's that's that loneliness is, is an abyss. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Just reach for something. Yeah. yeah. Take your grappling hook and right. yeah. Wait, the same image. <laughs> I know that was weird. <laughs> reach out of the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you, oops, sorry. Do you have a um, tiny little joy? I do. I, um, <laughs> this, this goes back to like the Christmas decoration thing that we were to our holiday decoration thing that we were talking about last week and how we're kind of reclaiming that yes. stuff. Um, I was just in a store earlier today. It's like a farm stand. And, um, <laughs> my, um, my Brent, my, my last name is Meadows. So my husband's Brent Meadows. Mm-hmm. And he always tells the story about how, when he was little and he was listening to Christmas carols, when they say, I don't know which one it is, but in the meadow, you can build a snowman. Oh yeah. He always thought it was, um, Brent Meadows, you, for <laughs> sure. Brent Meadows, you could build a snowman. He thought the Christmas carol was about him, you know, because of that. 
meadow in it, which is understandable. Yeah, so totally. Number one, knowing Brent and number two, right. as a kid. <laughs> and he does it in this great, you know, booming deep voice when he does it. So it's funny. So I was just at this farm stand and there was one of those wooden signs that says in the meadow, you can, we can build a snowman. Oh. So I bought it and brought oh, it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Did he laugh? Yeah. yeah oh, that's dying. amazing. But it's like, it's like collecting the the Christmas decorations and making them my own at this point, which is, um, oh, I love my, that my tiny little joy. And, and it was funny too. So <laughs> <laughs> That's I didn't amazing. do that justice. He does it much better than I do. Maybe I'll record it and put it like at the end. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Let's do the Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I so love the like taking stuff back. I think that's such a power move. Yeah. You know it what I mean? like a power move. The like, and it seems like a small thing, but I think it's really not like, it's like, it's totally a subversion of power. You're just like, nope, taking this back. Yeah. This is my thing. I, this is, this makes me happy. This represents you know, yep. my holiday now. And yeah, it feels great. Yep. No, it's I'm going to little, little you. thing, but it feels great. Yep. Yep. But it's the, these little things like the, it's like, they're like icebergs. You see the very tip of it, but it's this huge structure underneath, you know, that's like grounding the earth. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you know, since we've started this practice, like you just, you notice them, you're more yep. open to it. You look for them. It's, um, yep. And, and they're there. They're all over the place. Yep. It's like putting a filter on a camera. Like it yeah. changes the way the world looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Which I love. Oh, that's funny. Um, mine is really small. Um, I, this is, I'm doing like a Paul Holes thing. This is going to sound like not one because it starts with like a bad thing, but I have, a, I have an ulcer and it's like not under control right now. Oh no. And so every day it's like the pain level is like, do I go to the hospital? Like what, at what point is this an issue? You know what I mean? I know. But as you know, like I love coffee and coffee is like, yeah, yeah, battery acid to your stomach. Right. And so I started drinking milk in my coffee again. Okay. To like balance. I I was going to say that because like, there's also like that, um, what is it? The MCT oil and like the, the heavy things that people are putting in coffee. Okay. That help. Yeah. Like I just got a keto creamer. I haven't tried it yet, but it has that MCT, which is, I don't know what it stands for. It's supposed (laughs) to be good, but it might cut the acidity. Yeah. I should look into that. Cause I can't like not drink. I can't. Yeah. How is it with the milk? It's good. It's like a, it's delight. It makes it less hot. You don't burn your tongue. It's like, it's, it's just, I like it. It feels like a treat in a different way, which is good. That's good. Yeah. Maybe you should get one of those like frother things. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Make it like festive. I should. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny because people talk about like these Starbucks drinks, like the holiday things. Like I drink black coffee, like, or espresso, like nothing. I don't put anything in anything just because I don't know why. Um, so this feels like a huge step, like putting a splash of milk. Maybe next I'll be at Starbucks drinking some, who knows what, um, is it like cow's milk? Yeah. Like milk. milk? Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, what do you mean? (laughs) Well, instead of like almond milk, almond milk, whatever. That's a good idea. I didn't think about almond milk. Yeah. I like almond stuff. Yeah. Me too. 
but anyway, Starbucks like closing around you, like Starbucks are closing like crazy here. Really? There's not really one close. Um, I think no, but I don't know. It's kind of like odd. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And then someone said yesterday, maybe it's like a supply chain thing, which it could be. I don't, I don't know, but they are the closing left thing. and right. What? The like the one like sentence I would like to banish from the world is like supply chain issues. I know. Like I know it's a thing, but it's and it's like devastating in lots of ways. And it's also just annoying. And also like I feel like people are like hiding stuff in that. Like, yeah. Why were you late to your Zoom meeting? Supply chain issues. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a global it's, it's like the lost year, the lost year of yeah. supply chain issues. <laughs> yeah. It's just nonsense. Um, okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, send us any letters at the trauma tapes at gmail.com and we will get to you. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and we have a website to the trauma tapes.com um, rate review, subscribe. Oh, yay. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write it down. Um, it's very helpful, especially the reviews and subscriptions. So, okay. Okay. Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.